0: Welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, the podcast where we review and discuss movies, trailers, TV shows, and everything else pop culture. In today's doubleheader, we'll be sharing our thoughts on Barbie and Oppenheimer, as well as preparing for the upcoming Disney Plus original show, Ahsoka. My name is Ivan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and laser tag master chief, Emmett. Pew pew! <laughs> when was the last time <laughs> you got <gotten> laser tagging?
1: <laughs> um, it's been a minute. <laughs> if I'm gonna be real.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you ever paintball? Has that been the thing on your
1: I've talked about paintballing with my friends for like the past decade and we've just every time it's yeah, yeah, we should do that. And then nobody sets it up.
0: See, like the last time I, I went paintballing was like maybe 10 years ago. Like right before we worked together. And I've not come back since. De- a great experience, very painful.
1: <laughs> Did you do like an urban paintball or like did you go out to the woods for it
0: no not not the woods we did it in a there's a there's like a little bit like a i think it was like an old warehouse or something over here in queens that kind of like restructured itself it's an archery place but on the weekends they do like paintball i remember
1: Um, that place i feel like i tried to pitch that for a team happy hour after work i was like we we might have talked about it too yeah the archery bit (laughs) Let's go shoot each other with bows and arrows. That'll make our team closer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or axe throwing. Axe throwing would be great, too. Honestly. We did
1: do that. You just didn't come to that either. Oh. <laughs> or maybe you weren't invited. What? Your team was not invited. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> oh, no. It was a lot of fun. You're right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've gone axe throwing somewhere in Brooklyn. I forget where it was. but um... Dude, all these places, though that that that's one of those things that I feel like I wish I had more time for to like laser tag would be great in the little like controlled space as, as would be paintball.
1: Yeah. Laser tag's fun. Cause th- there is no actual injury.
0: I love the actual injury, the threat of actual <laughs> injury that like that, that to me is part of the thrill.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's been a while since we've, uh, since we've had a sit down chat. Feel like we've been in a little desert of shows and then us just being busy you know living it up being out on the town work so what's been going on on your wall you you have any shows entertaining you while we've been on break i've been binging a lot
0: um and then since we're on a little of bit of shows
1: a little... right not yes
0: sure. binging okay. a lot of shows
1: <laughs> no binge and purge
0: oh no 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 of course not <laughs> um I've been re-watching Rebels as part of my like prep for nice. the upcoming Ahsoka show. And um, I forgot how much I actually really enjoy it. And I think that now, a couple of years removed from the last time I actually watched the show, there's so much that I didn't pick up on before that I feel like watching it through now because I have the benefit of hindsight in terms of like knowing where this is going. I can really appreciate some of the stuff that they had before uh but i think i don't know if we had this discussion before about clone wars versus rebels but to me clone wars is always up at the top for me and then rebels was kind of second but i gotta tell you like i feel like i'm into season three right now so i think i have one more season left to rewatch. but maybe it's the nostalgia factor at this point but they're kind of neck and neck for me uh just because like rebels i feel like took its time to kind of marinate these characters and you got attached to a set group of characters versus clone wars feels like a story of the week kind of thing every now and again and then it kind of shifted focus away from different characters it didn't really have a main character per se it kind of fluctuated but i don't know i'm kind of rebels has kind of aged really well
1: yeah i think rebels had less misses and it was a shorter length of seasons and episodes, so the percentage felt like you were always getting a hit, whereas you know in Clone Wars you kind of get some of those more boring episodes. So I I agree. I think I did watch it in the Clone Wars first, and then Rebels, and I think Rebels is top dog for me.
0: I'm excited though. I'd like beyond what's obviously like we'll we'll get into ahsoka in a bit but i feel like the 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 time for star wars in particular has been particularly exciting these last couple of years and to see some of these characters transition from animation to live action these last couple of years has been yeah. really really cool so fingers crossed that we actually do get a rebel season five within this ahsoka thing um and yeah yeah it's, it's it's been it's been a nice little look into the past here
1: yeah the star wars studio has done a really good job of bringing the animated to live action very well like not that they have to stick to it one-to-one but they've been pretty close on those and i, I like the creative differences they make like the small little changes
0: there's one more thing on my wall that i've had
1: that I think uh, acceptable, but go ahead.
0: <laughs> um, have you ever had a, or did you sure. ever have a like favorite cartoon show growing up as a kid when that you were kind of like
1: I was Rocket Power.
0: Rock Rocket Power. Okay, that we was Nickelodeon. Really, right? yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Nickelodeon. I was a Nick kid.
0: Well, dude, I I love the classic Nickelodeon stuff. But that, that was I was also a classic. Disney boy,
1: so I'm kind of. Best of both worlds. So. Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah
0: Montana? Best of both um,
1: worlds. What was what are your, your, thoughts, what
0: are your thoughts on the Ninja Turtles?
1: See, I want to go see it. The trailer looks funny. I like the cast. I don't know if I. After, you know, what was in the movie theater? I did Mission Possible, Barbie, Oppenheimer. I think there was one other one. I. <laughs> I got to save on the budget somewhere and I feel like I can wait till the turtles hit max. Probably I'm guessing. See,
0: I've growing up, I've never really been a big fan of the Ninja Turtles. I haven't really like, it's not that I hated it either. It's just, I've never really clicked. Like none of these animated shows yeah. clicked with me. So I gave this movie a shot. The one that's out right now. Um, I thought it was really good. And it's like, into into the Spider Verse level for me, not just really? like animation wise, but like the way that they like. I I think my biggest issue is in the past. I feel like they forget the teenage aspect of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they just sounded like
1: yeah
0: twenty somethings, you know, with a buttload of responsibilities and stuff. And for this adaptation, um, I know they're voiced by actual teens, so I think that makes a really big difference. But the story and the structure of it flows really well and and it does feel like the into the spider-verse treatment so like if you do get a chance to check it out that's one thing that i've i i, I was surprised at how much i liked it um just given the the marketing got to me <laughs> like i'll i'll be honest that's the thing that kind of threw me into the theater and my AMC a-list account of course
1: yeah i mean if i had the membership i would go it's just like i don't know i don't know if it's worth it for me because i wasn't into the animated I was into the 1990s live-action movie, though. Do you remember how like creepy those guys looked? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I loved that movie back in the day, and then the 2000s or whatever it was, 2010s with Megan Fox really ruined the franchise.
0: Do you remember the Ninja Turtles in the Power Rangers television series?
1: like a crossover or you just mean like the shelves
0: no it was like in the in the crossover like (laughs) no and the power rangers i forget which (laughs) series this was but i like specifically remember the suits from the movies being used in this in this show i want to i want to say it was like power rangers in space or something like that it had to be like the very early 2000s maybe like the very late 90s but i remember watching that on tv and that was super trippy to me.
1: Which uh, which turtle did you associate most likely with?
0: Um, probably Donatello.
1: Nerd. <laughs> yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah. I like that for you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, are you? Are you more of a, I, I, I peg you for
0: more of a cross between no, Raphael no and Michelangelo.
1: You got to pick one.
0: I, yeah, you're definitely a Michelangelo type.
1: I could have been a rude raff for sure, but I'm I'm a party Mike. Yeah, party <laughs> Mike. Love me some orange <laughs> with the nunchucks things. <laughs> <laughs> Which weapon would you go to war with from a uh, from a TMNT perspective?
0: The katana, probably. I feel right. like
1: or the staff. Like,
0: yeah. The, yeah, the Katana and the staff are the, are the the ones that I feel like would be the easiest to control.
1: I'm not nunchucking. and I'm not using the little blades.
0: Heck no. And also, those psi are for defense. I didn't realize that. I thought they were like sharp on the edges, but they're not. They're like rounded.
1: You can sharp them if you want.
0: I mean, you could, but they like it defeats the you purpose. Got of say them. In the
1: sewers. You can do whatever you want <laughs> down there.
0: <laughs> it's not like anyone's
1: watching over there. <laughs> and that the pizza diet, too. Oh, man makes me want pepperoni
0: i mean as a teen i feel like we could have eaten whatever the heck we wanted and, and probably we still can
1: <laughs> we're dealt with a disposable income <laughs> <laughs> well
0: i don't think our health is that disposable anymore <laughs> yeah
1: what are we living for
0: <laughs>
1: end of the world's coming <laughs> all right i don't have a ton of stuff on my wall um the funny one that like i never would have gotten into this had i not gone to a bachelor party this past weekend And I don't, with that lead in, I don't think you'll ever guess it, but we started watching the series alone. Have you ever watched this? No, (laughs) it's like naked and afraid, but on steroids, it's just like 10 people are dropped into the wilderness and it's literally just like, whoever is the last person to tap out gets a, what was it like a hundred thousand dollars or 500, I think it was $500,000 and like they, like some spend their days just building a shelter. Others are, like, out hunting. They're all, like, I'm going to go kill a bear. (laughs) Nobody, like, kills a bear. It's crazy. And, like, people are just giving themselves, like, giardia, like, water poisoning. And, like, (laughs) they're, like, starvation diets. They're all, like, the ticker for every time they, like, go between person to person is just, like, this person's lost 45 pounds in the last 40 days. (laughs) It's, like, crazy to watch. And it's just, like, the last guy who did it was just, like. Let me see how long I can just go without eating. And then my body won't think it needs to produce the hunger hormone. (laughs) It's it's this dude just living in his sleeping bag for like 20 straight days. It's so wild to watch.
0: See, like now, I feel like that's going to lead me down the rabbit hole.
1: (laughs) Yeah, once you start watching these, you cannot stop. It's, It's done so, like, formulaic. And you'll understand the formula once you start watching it. I don't want to give it away because I want people to organically discover it. But Season 9 on Netflix, I think the rest are on Hulu. It's it's worth a watch because there's some wild... And it's, it is like, ooh, maybe that's a skill I should learn, how to eat an animal. <laughs> that's, that's,
0: that's crazy.
1: When The Last of Us kicks in, I got to get some survival skills going.
0: Oof. Yeah, no, I... I know, as a kid, my grandfather used to teach us how to like skin an animal and get all that, and he was like a very big hunting aficionado. I'm pretty sure I've lost all that skill. (laughs) So yeah,
1: you're ahead of me. I've never even attempted to learn it. So it's stuff I feel like I should learn. Not that I'm going to put into practice, but just to know, you know. I know some fun facts on it,
0: (laughs) but I feel like besides that, I'd have to pull up the wiki how um, to remember how to how to do things.
1: <laughs> all right let's get off our walls let's go real quick into barbie oppenheimer i know we're super late to the game on this obviously no root no need to do spoiler free or whatever um but why don't we just start with uh barbie just do general thoughts on that
0: oof i can't fit it into general thoughts
1: okay my, go, my go love, for specifics if you movie.
0: want <laughs> 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 no um yeah, I I, um, I I feel like Barbie was the sleeper hit kind of of this uh, of the summer. Although I feel like I kind of called it a couple shows ago, where I was like, I feel like oh. this movie's gonna be like a big.
1: This guy predicted take-turner. that a Greta Gerwig is gonna be a hit.
0: <laughs> I did. Let's I'll roll back the tape on Let this. Let me
1: mansplain <laughs> it for you why it's good. Go ahead.
0: No, I um. I was genuinely surprised at how much money this movie's kind of raked in um but i think it's a testament to how well it was done and uh, the fact that i feel like it's a reflection also of how hollywood is kind of starred for original ideas and content while barbie is like a non-original ip this is the first time we're seeing her in the live action movie um and I I feel like a lot of people expected this movie to be like a straight-out com- comedic joke because that's what I went into this kind of thinking, too. But I was very surprised at how heavy it was in terms of handling the themes of, you know, being a woman and, like, what it means to be a woman and uh, the type of societies that we create, you know, as people. And uh, I think halfway through this film, we're, we're, we're thrown into this... Uh, this like really really cool uh, monologue by one of the characters in the movie about exactly what it you know how hard it is to to to, to be a woman in our society, and it wasn't a like a preachy kind of moment thing. It wasn't a like holier than thou kind of thing, which I know a lot of people seem to complain. And some some people, regardless, I saw it complaining about it anyway. I thought it was a really wonderful moment within the movie that kind of, like, brought things down to, like, a a reality setting. Um, But, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it mixed humor and, like, serious topics very well. What I expected to get out of this was not what I got, and I was very pleasantly surprised by everybody's performance. Um, And, yeah, Margot Robbie, I feel like, has a ton of range, man. Like, I think at this point we've seen her do... Superhero films, horror fl- flicks, um really dramatic dramas, comedies, the works. I feel like she's really been on everything. I, I feel like it's it's great to finally see her in a movie that is earning the billion dollars that I think it deserves.
1: Absolutely, yeah, I totally echo everything you said there. Um, I don't know if I predicted that it would be this good, so I can't take any of that spotlight there, but. I'm so happy. And like, they, they kept promoting it as like, if you're a Barbie fan, go see it. If you're a Barbie hater, go see it. And I think it, you know, that actually was like the perfect promotion for it because it it truly was like for everybody. And I, and I loved that it did put, it did get, like shed a light on like, what is it like to live in today's society as a woman? What are the pressures that you put on yourself? Or the other put on you that, how are you viewed by just people walking down the street or people in the border? Like it put them in so many scenarios that I just, you know, I get the idea of it, but not until I actually see it. But I also think it was nice to like get the Ken perspective in there too, at the same time without stealing the show, which I think is such an incredible balance to have to figure out because it, it then would become like, well, it's my struggle versus yours. And it's like, well, everybody's struggling and here's like, here's how you can kind of like cope with it or help each other out through this stuff. And I, I loved that. Um, I was a little nervous at the end there when the Barbies were like taking the power back and it was just going to be like, all right, go back into the circle of like how it had always been going. So thankfully the Barbie president was able to figure out like, Oh, we should coexist. Like everyone on the same level.
0: Yeah, I feel like there was there was a lot of moments on this. I saw it in a, with a pack ride. I went to see it with my sister, and um, I think especially towards the end when they were paying tribute to Ruth, the um, the creator of Barbie. Yep, that was a really cool little like nod to to the history of the of, of, of the IP. But also, I think that it, you could kind of feel the impact of it. I saw some stats where they said like close to 65 percent of the audience of ticket buyers for this film were women which is significant because of the fact that like i think the highest that we've ever seen attendance in terms of like that sort of percentage breakout it's normally around like the mid-30s to maybe the 40s so this is like a significant bump and i think that it spoke to um a lot of women in particular too uh, for this and 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 also my big thing on this is like I hope Hollywood takes note of the right thing, you know, and not necessarily the the thing that I think that they're gonna be paying attention to. And what I mean by that is we need original ideas like this. Like sure, this is an IP that's been, you know, passed down and all that, but they did something really special with it. And I think we need more movies like that instead of like, hey, give us a diluge of all the toy IPs and let's make them all <laughs> a franchise, because I know that's what's gonna happen. And part of me is like nerding out about that, but I want them to do something that's not a repeat of this, but at least like take the, the idea that this try to stem and just make something original out of it. Because I feel like we're starved for that type of originality, right? Like we i wanted to be adventurous i wanted to be that because i think um when i'm looking at stuff from back in the day bobby reminds me of like the 80s and the 90s when we were getting movies with a message that weren't necessarily these big flashy blockbuster films but they had a lot of heart and i feel like we've been missing that the last couple years
1: yeah you touched on two things there that i wanted to talk about too the ruth scene being like Probably the most emotional scene in the movie. That was definitely where I like teared up and I like, took a look around in my theater. It's never as packed in the suburbs. My group cr- my crowd was like I wanna say like the most diverse age-wise I've ever seen. Like I had like mothers with young daughters, mothers with daughters like probably around like our age in their twenties and thirties. I saw like dudes in there in my around my age. I saw couples my age. I saw like grandmas in there, I saw young like children in there, high schoolers like it was so interesting to see one movie bring everyone together um so yeah that that ruth scene though was like it wasn't so much of like how do women experience the world or versus how do men it was just like what does the human experience mean and i felt like that was like the perfect scene to put in there just to help everyone connect to it if you hadn't got the message at that point that um,
0: line about mothers and daughters was the one that hit me in the gut. Yeah. I was, and you could feel the theater around me, like, with the tears and everything coming in. I was like, damn.
1: I let I, out, like, an audible, like, "Mmm." I was like, Oops, <laughs> sorry. Oops, sorry.
0: <laughs> you were like, preach, preach.
1: Sure. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, the other thing, though, is, like, yes, I am a little worried about what Hollywood will take from this. Either all toy movies will do good, or, you know, in, like, just put women at the forefront of the movie without thinking about how it's portrayed. Like, I, I kind of think of like how like end game was done where you just have like a scene of every woman who's a superhero in that movie in one cut scene. And they're like, that's our due diligence. We did it. It's like, you have to be thoughtful about it and like creative and, and it's really difficult to, to do. Like, I don't think I could have predicted how this film should have been done, but it was done perfectly.
0: Yeah. Although I will say about the thing I said about the, the Diluge of toy movies coming in. If you had a pick, what would be a toy franchise or two that you would like to see on the big screen? Done I mean, in whatever which way. <laughs> but just to get it into the into the silver screens.
1: I'd love to see Margot Robbie spinning a Beyblade. <laughs> uh that was like my my top tier pick but i also like i like the idea of board games like jumanji i don't think i've watched the whole live action one i've watched parts of it and it's kind of cool so i I would love to see some sort of board game i feel like something like risk would be really fun to watch you're essentially just watching a war movie um i feel like you could have spinoffs of like other board games like a mousetrap or life or something like that where it's like Almost like a lot of board games could go like horror vibes to them, you know. Yeah, I feel like
0: I would love to see the um. The how they would handle some of these things, but like, they did Battleship, right? I feel like that's as close to a board game <laughs> that
1: we had not seen before. Yeah, if you count that movie as, because... <laughs> yeah.
0: There's part of me that was confusing whether or not that was Battleship or Pacific Rim because I feel like they they seemed like the same kind of team. Well,
1: around the same time, and it looked exactly the same. Yeah,
0: aliens and all that. Yeah. Um, you know what I would love to see? Maybe not specifically a toy, but I would love to see an adaptation of um the card game Magic, Magic: The Gathering.
1: I never got into that. I really didn't understand. It was it just Digimon, Yu Gi Oh. Um, no, and I'm not even all that into it, but, like, I know that it's a... why are you asking for it?
0: It's a Dungeons Dragons-type lore and approach that that card game has taken, and I know that it's something that's particularly popular with a lot of the, like, mainstream celebrities as well, so I feel like it has a pretty good shot at getting some sort of adaptation onto the big screen. I just feel like there's something, like, Game of Thrones-ish there that could be explored and and i'm always down for like a dragons and and knights type of thing going on i'm always such a sucker for that kind of thing
1: did you go to see the dungeons and dragons movie
0: no i did see
1: it on the
0: plane uh when i was going to san francisco because i needed to fill time yeah i i I did manage to watch it though and i thought it was pretty good i kind of regret not showing some support and going to the theater to, to see it
1: Yeah, I wanted to go watch it, too. I just uh, didn't make the time for it.
0: It wasn't based on the TV series, just in case you're curious on that. I think it's just like an original take on the set with uh, the original story set within the Dungeons and Dragons world. But if if you're a fan at all of that, like 80s cartoon with the kids stuck in the Dungeons and Dragons world, they make a cameo, but they're not the focus of the film.
1: Okay, I wasn't curious about that, and I don't okay. know what you're talking about. <laughs> what about um, like Gumby? Would you watch a Gumby movie?
0: Is that the little green guy with the? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think I'd be down for that at all.
1: I bet that you could do it pretty funny. Probably. John Krasinski playing him. Okay, then yeah, I would watch it.
0: If it's John Krasinski playing Gumby, I I would watch it.
1: After that Office burn, you're six foot ten, ninety pounds. (laughs) Gumby has a better body than you.
0: (laughs) Here's here's the thing. I would think that um, something like something even like Build a Bear. You remember the Build a Bear workshops, the with the stuff. Boy, do I! (laughs)
1: Right, always right next to the lid store.
0: Yeah, well. (laughs)
1: the big lids guy
0: <laughs> we the one here in the city or are you talking about a different build-a-bear workshop
1: uh, no i didn't go to the city's build-a-bear <laughs> i'm a burbs kid i'm just saying right around the time that we were working together a couple blocks away
0: from our office there was a build the big build-a-bear workshop and right next to it was a lid store so i'm like Wait. no
1: i haven't if you're in your 20s late 20s going to build a bear without having a kid with you it doesn't work out. I mean, I'm just saying, maybe it was a gift or something. <laughs> but, like, I feel like this is the this is the thing is, like, I'm racking my brain to see, like, what else is from, like, the 90s that would be fun to watch. But, like, everything's being done. Like, the Beanie Babies movie, Tetris had a movie, like, Pokemon was done a couple of years ago. Like, everything is being done.
0: Here's something that I feel like is probably on the books already because of Barbie immediately, and it's referenced in the movie, but the growing up Skipper doll. Barbie's sister Skipper she's like referenced that she escaped the world and like went off to marry somebody oh no try to kidnap these kids that she thought she was babysitting in Florida it was like a blink and you miss it reference when they were in the hotel headquarters but I feel like that might be a a cool little like spinoff for for this
1: well I also don't know everything about Barbie so when they're like there was a pregnant Barbie it's like what flew past my radar back then
0: The only one that I knew of like before, like when they were um, giving all those like quick cut references was the Barbie with the television on her back. Because I'm pretty sure I've seen that Mm -hmm. sometime in the early 2000s with like the Barbie with like a little television right on her back where you could watch like maybe two things that they preloaded into that thing.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's really tough to pick something because I feel like everything's getting done, man. I mean, there, there's things I would want to see again, just done a little bit better, like that Pokemon movie. That was pretty good. The Ryan Reynolds one. Yeah. I thought the actual, like, CGI was amazing. The story was, like, I enjoyed it, but I want a different, like, a totally different thing in that world. I want, like, the actual battles.
0: Or, like, adapt a video game story to, to movies. Right. Like, follow the red trainer that we never really got a name for, and...
1: I well, they just call them poop. random. <laughs> well, whatever the uh, oaks nephew is. It's oh, it's usually poop. <laughs> is that what you always name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. His name is Poop <laughs> Blue. <laughs> I would love to watch like a day in the life of a cat, like a, a bug catcher sitting in the woods (laughs) what did they used to call those trainers too was it was it bug catcher kid Kid. yeah something Um, kid right
0: bug kid or something like that
1: i love seeing those memes of uh walter white yelling i am the danger for like at skylar who's like dressed up as the bug catcher the person that you (laughs) miss on the way out on the original run through (laughs) That would be hilarious. And spoof the fact that they're just
0: standing there all day waiting to see you just so that they can confront you.
1: Yeah. A live-action Pokemon would probably be at the top of my list. Give me a show of it. Are they doing Avatar, right? Are they movies again Uh, or a show?
0: Last Airbender is uh, doing a series on Netflix.
1: Yeah. That I will get excited about. Although the movie was already perfect.
0: I i disagree but okay <laughs> well on the topic of barbie and maybe pivoting away from it a bit but like um this there was a lot of like natural like organic promotion for this film that i feel like benefited a lot that helped it across the billion dollars but the whole barbenheimer uh craze that kind of hit the, the net um <laughs> i thought it was hilarious seeing all the you know, memes that was not at all promoted by the the studios. It was more so like just fans making a meme into something that became you don't a think lot the Illuminati planned that? Oh yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. But but I'm That's saying true. the organic flow of it after the after the uh, initial like hype for it. Um, Oppenheimer on the opposite end of this also released the same day, which I thought was a little ballsy of the studios to kind of put them head to head. But they both ended up netting a really good amount of money each, although Barbie obviously getting a lot more money. Um, But Oppenheimer, it has become, I think, the highest grossing Christopher Nolan film outside of the Batman stuff that he did. And I got to tell you, so I, I managed to watch both on the same weekend. And I really, really enjoyed Oppenheimer as well. I know you took a little bit longer to go see oppenheimer right i think you saw barbie first before you saw
1: yeah i saw barbie right after opening weekend and then i was about a week before i saw oppenheimer
0: i loved oppenheimer too i thought it was a really really great uh film uh that was kind of like a. to be honest it was like a showcasing of a lot of these different actors that especially robert downey jr i thought that this was his best performance he's done pretty much like outside of Marvel this is the thing that I feel like he should have tackled on the type of project that he should have been on that really put him to the test because I think that that like a lot of the actors in this film it's kind of like they were getting like another shot at just kind of showing their
1: chops out here I mean Damon crushed it as well as the general
0: there's so much this cast was loaded with so many even like the smaller roles um, I saw this one article talking about like some of the minor like child actors of the '90s and the and the early 2000s got a chance to get a little bit of a role here.
1: Drake and Josh.
0: Yeah, Josh from Drake and Josh. That I was like, was that him? Because I, I as I was watching the movie, I was like, is is that him or is it not? Am I just seeing things? And yeah, it was.
1: It's like seeing Neville Longbottom in another role.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can watch him on Fox.
1: Yeah, I've watched a, I watched a few, like, podcast interview clips where he talks about, like, the process of getting that role, Josh Peck. And it sounds so different than, like, what probably, like, Robert Downey Jr. went through. Like, I, th- what, I what I heard was that all, the, like, the main stars knew that they got a part, but they didn't know which one until everything had been shuffled. So, like, they were probably stressing about, like, which role they were going to get. But guys like Josh Peck and all these, like, lower, you know, and C Listers were just like on edge of the seat if they were going to get a part and just would be you know dragged along like I, I don't know that that's such a crazy business to have to be in to just like wait to see if you have a job
0: yeah yeah and I got to tell you like from like having been in the um, like working with casting directors and stuff on a lot of these like like film sets the process is brutal and the notes that they take of the actors after they leave the room is even more brutal. Because some of the stuff that you don't hear is very superficial, obviously, but I kind of get it. It's like they're they're trying to bring to life a singular person's vision of this film. And so because of that, there's a lot of things that they cut out, right? Like they, you have to be looking a certain way. You have to meet this sort of criteria. And because of that, I feel like if you got to have like a bunch of like thick skin i think to to be in that um but no like this movie i think in particular uh kind of highlighted for me a lot of the talent that that was on there and um you know the story of the the creation of the atom bomb i think was a very interesting one i know it's garnered some criticism overseas as to how they portrayed things but i feel like this was the most honest take on the creation because it wasn't giving like a meta commentary on how awesome it was that the u.s created this big weapon i it felt more like a tragedy watching it
1: yeah i i viewed it through the lens of like i can't believe we kept pushing ourselves to go further as we as our tests showed that how like devastating this will be and like having that small percentage of like oh it might just be a chain reaction where it'll detonate the whole earth like and they kept going <laughs> so yeah i don't think at least from our viewpoint it's certainly not a braggy thing it's more of a uh, a devastation like you said but this was absolutely a you know star-studded cast the the thing that kind of like gets me is that this gets like a I'd love this I'm not going to take anything away from it it gets a 93 on rotten tomatoes but then other history movies that were like really good just don't click and like one that I think about is like you remember the movie Valkyrie, Tom Cruise? Yeah. I'm not going to say that these two are the same, but that getting like a 62% to me is like, (laughs) I don't, this is why I don't understand Rotten Tomatoes because it's like, I want a history movie that pushes a story along and brings you into like suspense and also educates you at the same time. I don't know. I'm not saying that these are the same and I'm not saying Valkyrie is a 90, but it's interesting how we rate these things.
0: Rotten Tomatoes being an aggregator too. I like I gotta wonder how like how much of a positive spin does it take to get it to like a this kind of level versus yeah. it being an eighty, you know, or something like that. Um yeah, I, I, I get what you mean though. I do think though that a lot of this is the Christopher Nolan effect of things. Right. You know, because I feel like as much as like critics would be like, oh, like we're impartial, we're like, there's no such thing. You know, you expect a certain quality of things from things that have treated you right in the past. And I feel like because of that, sometimes we're kind of blinded by things that we probably shouldn't be.
1: Oh, I also kind of feel like these movies, they're great to some extreme, right? Like, if they know that this is going to be a hit because they've kind of projected it out to be they're gonna rate rate it a little bit higher and be like oh my god best movie i've ever seen i just feel like we're going down that spiral of like i don't know you're allowed to have two big movies open in the same weekend but you don't have to paint them as like which one was your favorite like i don't know it was kind of clear that like barbie was the the better movie here but we don't have to just then say like oh but i'm Oppenheimer. we will give you like a 92 you're good come along (laughs)
0: yeah i I don't know i feel like the 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 reason why it kind of went this way with this is two things these are the last two movies that come out right as the strikes both go into effect so there's people that have the perceived notion that we're going to be starved for content and so there's a rush of people being like oh well let me go enjoy this movie before we run out of movies to watch. So there's that, right? So that has a bit of a rose tint already. To it's
1: the COVID toilet paper rush.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, I feel like we're not. I don't think it's necessarily 100% unjustified in that manner, but I, I do get what you're saying. I feel like there there's a bit of a kind of we'll throw you a bone too, regardless of whether it's it's you know it merits it or not. The, the the baffling thing to me was the fact that both of these movies were released on the same weekend. I feel like that never made any sense to me. It, it's a gamble that paid off, but I think it only paid off because of what I just said with the whole strike and everything going on. And I feel like that synergy that, that um, moviegoers kind of created on their own, that was a stroke of luck. And I'm glad that they rode the wave here, but that's not going to happen always, you know.
1: Yeah, that took perfect conditions for it to to work out that way. The other thing about this movie too is like, I I was a little nervous about the runtime, but as I was sitting in there, felt totally like comfortable with it. I didn't feel like there was a lot of extra parts, and I didn't put more time on this to explain it. Like I felt like the pacing was perfect, which is really tough to do when you have a movie that long with so much history that you're trying to tell, and they're also doing it as like we're going to tell it from this person's perspective then we're going to pivot and show you their perspective and it's like whose side do you believe um so i thought they did that absolutely perfect
0: yeah i agree i feel like the three hours didn't feel as uh, as daunting as it seemed right off the bat and also i feel like this might be my favorite film with killian murphy at the front center of things I know he's been in a lot of Christopher Nolan films and all that, but I yeah. feel like he got a shine to, uh, this uh, time to, to, to shine here. Maybe more so than I've seen him in other films. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy him as an actor in particular. So hopefully yeah. we get to see him in stuff that is a little bit, of, a bit more mainstream, just cause I feel like that type of talent should be kind of seen and drawn people more into some of these films.
1: Yeah. You can tell he takes it so seriously. Like, <laughs> just with the diet alone to get prepped for this role but i mean he's just like it seems like he totally understood the assignment
0: yeah he did
1: what was your uh, favorite bit of this movie though i feel like mine in the in barbie was like that roof scene for sure and i feel like we kind of talked about that as similar
0: so to me i feel like not necessarily a scene but pretty much anytime we saw robert danny jr take 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 stage here i just think that this was his time to really like put his acting chops to to work um i know he's received some criticism for kind of being a little bit of a you know box office dud and everything he does besides the marvel stuff that he's done so i feel like this is the type of like bump he really needed to kind of showcase that he can do a lot more than just some of the stuff that he's been offered up to this point um, but he was the scene stealer for me for sure and I feel like this is the first time that I saw Robert Downey Jr. not playing Robert Downey Jr. playing somebody else you know it felt like he really did his all to disappear into the role
1: yeah, he was he was absolutely amazing at it, and he's in the scene that I thought was the best scene in the movie. That also could have been easily cut, and is right at the end after Robert Downey Jr. has his like blow up uh, from his like secretary or whatever, um, kind of like giving him up to the press, and they they say like maybe it doesn't matter what they talked about, like and it absolutely didn't matter what Oppenheimer and Einstein were talking about on the waterfront that day that set Einstein off to like be in his own head. But I love that they bring us back to that. And he's just like, remember when I brought you this equation and we thought it would destroy the whole world. And we found out it did like, that was just so such a powerful way to leave us off. It's like, not only did it was had have nothing to do with Robert Downey Jr.'s character, but it was just so powerful there. And they
0: really tied in well with the after the credits scene, when they tie in the um, the, the the arrival of um, Eisenhower. There was no after the credits scene, <laughs> but it would have been Wait, cool what? if they did. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I I don't know if you saw those memes, but everybody was like talking about putting Einstein and, and all the other like World War II icons. <laughs> And then after the credit scene. For this no,
1: movie. I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> There's... I mean, at, at three hours, I got up and ran because I did have to go to the bathroom. Dude, I, me, I too. <laughs> me too. As, as Before I got up, I Googled real quick. I was like, is there a post-credit scene in Oppenheimer? <laughs> it was like, I, I cannot, I don't know what scene is not going to be important. So this is one I just have to like stick it through. <laughs> That's funny. All right, we yeah. did enough on movies. Let's do a quick uh, Ahsoka prep in our doubleheader today.
0: I can't believe we're about to head into a doubleheader of Ahsoka as well next week with the
1: premiere. Yeah, so we're getting two off off the bat on the first first week.
0: We're getting an hour and 30 minutes or something like that of Oof. content, which is
1: crazy. I like that. Um
0: this is what 10 years in the making between clone Wars's debut of ahsoka to now it's it's somewhere around like 10 ish maybe more years i feel like um i feel like this show is going to mean a lot to the generation that grew up on these things which i think is like the one right after me <laughs> because like i feel like our stuff was the prequels and while Clone Wars was around the time that we were like growing up and all that, I don't think it was right at the forefront of our like people our age. But I think that those kids growing up around that time to now to to see that trans to see them transition from animation over to live action, I think is going to be a really really interesting thing to to watch. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited. This show I think is my most anticipated piece of content this year. Uh, not just because it's star wars but also because i feel like most of the time when dave filoni is at the head writing something it's usually the best episodes of mandalorian that we've seen so i'm interested to see a show where he is the primary writer on these even if he's not directing all the episodes i feel like that kudos to him for knowing when to step back a little bit and allowing other people to play in his sound but the fact that he's got A big writing credit and he's a showrunner here i'm just interested to see like i love the man's work on the animated stuff it's going to be a very interesting thing to see him helm a show from start to finish with just him as a showrunner
1: yeah i think it will be very impactful for the generation probably yeah you're right it's right after us or right before us whichever direction you're looking at it but i think even the generation right now of just seeing a woman lead a disney plus star wars show like this is not something we get very often we get strong supporting characters for sure uh and she's she's made appearances before but i think rosaria Dawson's going to be just absolutely killer in this role
0: and we got three three uh women leading the show which i think is uh honestly i didn't even give it a second thought until somebody pointed it out and yeah one of the comment section of the one of the trailers I had uh, I was watching the other day, and I was like, oh yeah, you're right. We got Ahsoka, we got Sabine, and we got Hera um, headlining this show, which worked so organically because that's how we left off Rebels at the end of the of the series, um, and this is supposed to act as a little bit of a season five for that show as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mentioned that at the top of. At the top of this episode, uh, I've been re-watching Rebels to kind of get myself reacquainted with the Ghost crew.
1: Yeah, are you doing the whole thing, or are you just kind of doing that last season?
0: I've been doing the whole thing, but I have been I started re-watching it a couple months ago, so I've been doing like one season a month kind of thing.
1: What do you and think then, for people who don't have enough time, who have now <laughs> procrastinated until the week before?
0: <laughs> Honestly, I think that... A, a, the show's called Ahsoka, right? So like the focus oh, is, is on Ahsoka. <laughs> I feel like there's a handful of uh, things that you should probably watch the the Tales of the Jedi episodes of. Uh, have you seen the Tales of the Jedi stuff that has come out?
1: Mm. The animated series with the. That oh, was this year, right? Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't watch that yet.
0: So there's two two or three there's two episodes for sure that focus on ahsoka there's the first episode which is her as an infant and then there's an episode that deals with her during the time of order 66 so right after she the finale of uh, of clone wars and that kind of shows her surviving um those two episodes i think are a central watch for this particular show
1: and the end of clone wars you might as well just watch her during order 66 yeah it's amazing
0: and if you're gonna commit to like a season of clone wars i feel like season three and four are the the top ones for for that show uh which is pretty much the 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 mortis trilogy of episodes yep the mall story arcs and the mandalore arcs uh, and also like that on Rebels too, like the Mall and you, the Mandalorians. You've just
1: described like twelve hours of work. <laughs> <laughs> I have a week. I might well, watch the last season of Rebels and like maybe the last couple episodes of Clone Wars.
0: <laughs> well, okay, I guess if I have to pin, like, if I have to restrict <laughs> it a bit, then yeah,
1: right. I need the Spark Notes. I didn't read a book in high school.
0: All right, so I would, I would say. The last three episodes of season two of Rebels. Um, I would focus on the last couple episodes of Clone Wars. And then the Tales of the Jedi stuff. Which is all Ahsoka-centric. And then just to kind of get you into the... This is the era that we're seeing Ahsoka in. The
1: probably her introduction
0: in Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, which is season two episode... I want to say five or six.
1: It's so gross that you, like know these seasons between (laughs) four different shows you just knew exactly the right the end of season two why would you remember that I just watched it I don't (laughs) care it's like in one ear out the other garbage in garbage out man I
0: mean you know
1: yes but we're also talking about it on the podcast here (laughs) I know we're spewing the garbage out right now that's what we're doing (laughs) Listen,
0: this is why I remember things just for this
1: listeners need to know (laughs) yes (laughs) okay so you're doing your prep you're liking ahsoka i what's your like what's your most like the thing that you're most excited about for this show which character which arc that you're hoping about is so are you gonna pick the the only man in this show go ahead yes
0: (laughs) definitely (laughs) no i'm so I'm most interested to just kind of see, and this is going to sound very basic, but like... Do you I want to
1: say it on three? Their yeah, names. let's do it. Okay. one, one, two, three. Sabine. Oh, okay. Whoa, you didn't say anything. <laughs> I, was, I, was about, I was about to say Hera. But <laughs> oh, okay. Good pick, good
0: pick. Yeah. Why Hera? Um, for three reasons. <laughs> okay. Reason I number f- one. I feel like she was the least fleshed out in Rebels, from the Rebels crew.
1: But like the most important. But in that the most crew. important, yeah, because
0: yeah. I I liked her the most out of the entire crew, but yet she had the least amount of I I think like meaningful progression in her story. Also, I love the fact that she's being played by Ewan McGregor's wife, is it or or fiance? Oh, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, she they they so another like member to the Star Wars Keep fan it in that's, the Family. Yeah, which which I thought was pretty neat. Um, And also, I feel like she has the most to start, you know, kind of like, I have the most questions about her, right? Because it sounds like from start to finish on the, from Rebels all the way to like the end of the original trilogy, she was the most committed to this cause. We know she's around during the original trilogy because of all the supplemental media that has come out with her being at the Battle of Endor and all the stuff that we like obviously wrote after watching all this stuff kind of come to fruition um but like i have questions like how did she get on what is she like with the general is her father still alive what's up with her son where is her son why does her son have green hair <laughs> and not like the little tails that the twilight have
1: um certainly her and thrawn will be an interesting reunion if they ever bring those two on the screen together just because of what happened on you know her home planet where her house was sacked, like it'd be interesting to see kind of how she reacts to that and if they remember each other, sort of,
0: yeah. and heard and Kanan were the mom and dad of the crew, essentially, right. So definitely, I feel like she's gonna be the spiritual guider of this whole crew right now. um uh, and I, and I hope that keeps being her here. you know, I hope that that's what it is. I'm excited to see ahsoka's progression, obviously. I'm excited to see Clone War's flashbacks because. It sounds like we're gonna gonna get that just from the latest trailer with the little, um, there's a piece of dialogue from the Tales of the Jedi animated show that we now get in this trailer, but spoken by Hayden Christensen's Anakin, not the Matt Lanter Anakin from Clone Wars. So that also is at the top of my list of excitement, Um, seeing any sort of live action Anakin in Ahsoka flashback would be amazing and I feel like a full circle moment for us
1: that's kind of on my list of concerns for this is like looking at that new trailer that came out with that dialogue by Hayden and you see a couple like holograms of him and you're going to get flashbacks of him training Ahsoka I'm worried that that becomes like the easy ace in the sleeve for how they play these shows like the top couple comments were like so excited for anakin so so pumped for hayden it's like well we kind of distract from the ahsoka show but okay i think if they do a full
0: episode of flashback i'll be concerned too but I, i i think that they're gonna be a bit more measured and i think those fans that are particularly excited about that i'm just excited to see it i'm not excited to be like oh well let's live in that world for a little bit like
1: yeah. I think the balance that, that they reach is gonna be really important. If it's just a single flashback of like a defining moment or something like that, cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like tie it to something where it it adds something to it and doesn't act as a distraction. And I feel like that that sets it up for, for a good pace.
1: Yeah. I think my fav my thing I'm looking most looking forward to is Sabine's character because that's one that just dropped off the radar from all these other shows. Like we've we've gotten some bits of Ahsoka. You know, we got some of the crew of um, what's the rebel crew called? I totally blank. The Ghost crew. Yeah, Ghost with um, what's his name in? Man, I got to do my homework.
0: We got to find out what happened to Ezra,
1: the Lorax guy. Oh, (laughs) Uh, Zeb, Zeb. Yeah, he was in uh, Mandalorian. So like, I would love like we've gotten some snippets of these people, but we didn't get any Sabine, and they're really it up that she's been training with a lightsaber with Ahsoka for a period of time and to my best knowledge she's not force sensitive so I'm really interested to see can we get some flashbacks of like you know what broke up this crew where Sabine went off on her own what was that training like and what is she going to like what does she add to the add to the formula there
0: yeah I since I'm on the rewatch for for Rebels I I just finished watching the dark saber episode where she's training on how to use it with kanan and there's like an illusion here and there like to kanan telling hera that everybody has the force in them it just depends on like everybody has different levels of force and some of them could you can tap into others you can't so that was the closest i got to like any force sensitivity for sabine being mentioned in the past but it sounds like we're going full on to like sabine's being trained as a jedi Because they keep promoting this like Master Apprentice thing uh, for the show, especially in the marketing. So uh, if they do it, I'm curious to see how they explain why that wasn't the case in Rebels and why it is now. And how long was that going on? And also, where was Ahsoka during the original trilogy? Because (laughs) Homegirl (laughs) went missing.
1: (laughs) So many questions. No, absolutely. So I'm excited to see just how this played out honestly i don't think star wars has made a truly bad show yet i agree
0: i know some people had their misgivings on season three of mandalorian which apparently is set at the same time as this season of ahsoka okay but i i personally enjoyed season three i didn't think there was any issue there um i selfishly would love for there to be a din Djarin appearance somewhere in this But again, not as a distraction, but more of like a, oh... A side quest. It might be cool to have him here in this episode. And okay, all right, you did your part, goodbye. (laughs) You know,
1: like... Well, the more they interweave them, not these two, but interweave all their storytelling, the more tight-knit the whole universe feels. And it makes it easier to be like, "I, I recognize that planet from that other show, or I recognize you know din has knowledge of this place that i could really leverage or i need to go to mandalore so i need to talk to him or to um to somebody else right like so i i want like a single episode crossover i don't think it sounds like you're the same or we don't want like a ton of this the arc to rely on the shoulders of din or somebody else
0: yeah i'm also like i know um the actor that played uh uh Balin Skull, the Dark Jedi that's headlining, I guess, as one of the villains of this show. I know Ray Ray Stevens, I know he's passed away, so I'm curious to see what they do with his character here. Does he meet a natural end as most villains do for these types of shows? Or do we keep him around and how do we deal with that? Um, but I know he's a fantastic actor and all the stuff that he's been in. So, you know, this was his last performance. So I'm hoping that they you know they they've done him justice here. Um, he def- they're definitely using him a lot in this all this promotion. So, And I heard somewhere that apparently all the footage we have seen has just been the first two or three episodes. We haven't seen any footage of episodes beyond that.
1: I like that they do that. Um, that really saves up some of those suspenseful moments that how it builds out for the rest of the season. I, I wonder if we're going to get any of this like Moff Gideon tie over since it's supposed to be about the same time. I know obviously he dies and in mandalorian but there was that whole faction of generals kind of trying to figure out how to you know rule the galaxy without an emperor so it would be interesting to see how, like what is this tie-in
0: i think we're going to see them i think they're probably going to tie it because I, I know they announced a movie that's going to tie up all this stuff the the mandoverse movie which uh, is being called Air to the empire so like i'm I'm curious to see how they i'm I'm assuming this is gonna start to amp us up to that film. Um, and also there's just so much I think I play, which again, I hope that they find a way to balance it out. We're getting what eight episodes for this show, so I'm curious. My one gripe already off the bat that I will say is that they announced this like hour and a half runtime for the first two episodes and it got me excited that okay maybe we're gonna get these like 45 minute episodes each week and then they announced that season episode three has a runtime of 32 minutes and i was like this is the one issue that i've had with all the star wars shows where it's like can we just make them 40 something minutes yeah leave it at that like i don't want this inconsistency it just i feel like it throws us off so much
1: yeah because there's no benefit to going short like even if it's not the world's best episode you're like i was shortchanged on time mm-hmm. and if it's a great episode then it's like i wanted more of it <laughs> you know so right. there, there's definitely no winning for them but consistency i think is like the best play they can make
0: yeah i agree and, and and i hope that they see that at some point i think that it's it's long it's been long enough they they have to have found their footing at this point point. and i feel like 40 minutes is not that much to ask for each especially when you're only getting eight episodes you know <laughs> And one more. More content, please. <laughs>
1: um, but, yeah, so I think we're just going to knock out the first couple episodes or maybe the first three, depending on scheduling. But uh, we are both very excited for this new series. Yeah.
0: Before we sign off here. Um, oh, I'm
1: already in the process.
0: <laughs> I want to ask you something here on the pod. Oh, no. If you, if you had a chance to meet Obi-Wan Kenobi himself.
1: I'd say hello there.
0: You, you and McGregor, what what would you have him sign?
1: <laughs> what well, would I have him sign? Yeah, I don't own any Star Wars garbage, so <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like, if I had time to buy something, I'd get him to sign a motorcycle helmet.
0: Why a motorcycle helmet?
1: I love his uh, docu series of him on the motorcycle trip long way down long way around and a long way up if you have not watched those do yourself a favor and and give them a go
0: i'll add it to my list now i ask because i'm curious because
1: i got i got a ticket
0: to 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 meet him at comic con this upcoming october and i'm like struggling to see what i could have him sign because that's like my i don't know i i feel like it's got to be something special, and I can't think of it.
1: <laughs> you have any Star Wars comic books?
0: For him? Uh, no, oddly enough, no. Um, no, I was thinking of just going with the regular, like.
1: Just print a picture.
0: Yeah. I know they have those at the at the booth because I did that with some of the Clone Wars voice actors.
1: Don't do but... it as a, of his face though. Do it of. Kenobi on the high ground or something.
0: I was gonna do a still image of him playing Jesus in that movie and have him sign <laughs> that.
1: This was my favorite role when you were on tattooing.
0: Yeah, or or Sorry, a, DVD, wrong with me. a DVD copy of Mulan Rouge, which is his movie from the <laughs> 90s. Why
1: don't you just go with like the birds of prey, Margot Roby?
0: <laughs> the DVD where he's not even on the cover. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that works. I loved you <laughs> as Black Mask, you and when you had the high ground in that movie. Oh my gosh! Oh, it's too bad they blew you up into pieces. Yeah. That's a cool experience. Let me know how that goes.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm just I'm trying. I'm struggling to find the right thing to have this
1: dude sign. Cause uh, have him sign your face and then get it tattooed.
0: That's what somebody told me too,
1: but I don't know I don't <laughs> think that must to... be a good idea if multiple people are telling you there you go two
0: that's two people now <laughs> <sighs> yeah I don't know. know i'm I'm tempted to buy like a replica or something and just be like, all right, here you go sign this lightsaber or <laughs> sign this
1: yeah, it's not a bad if you have one of those like popco or whatever
0: I'm taking the 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 mando helmet that I got um and just getting it signed by all the casts of the mandalorian that are going to be there
1: damn that's cool
0: that's my idea for that But I was like with you and i have no idea i should struggling. wear it
1: and have them sign it while you're wearing it
0: <laughs> i can't <laughs> remove
1: it even for a photo up <laughs> part of the creed
0: <laughs> but anyway that's my that that's um I'll, I'll i'll recap that experience once i'm able to go through it yeah but,
1: let us let the fans know what you what you end up getting signed yeah. <laughs> Until then, let's get out of the booth. Thanks. Thanks for, for listening. listening.